0: Side. Light this bitch up
1: What is up everybody My name is James D. Fiore And this is Black Bolt I'm really excited about today's show. Um, We've had this guest on before, but there is a distinct difference this time. He is a, what I would consider one of the strands that make up the actual fabric of hip hop culture. Um, When I was in elementary school, writing uh, all the names of all the rap groups that I could remember on the back of my notebook or on my desk, sorry about that, Mr. Finan, who gave me a detention for doing so, he was one of the names. And the interesting thing, um, there's so many interesting things about his career, but um, a lot has already been said. But what really made me happy was the other day when I saw this. And this is a picture of this man on stage doing a proper performance for the first time in like three decades. So I'm very excited to have him on the show today. And his name is the one and only the DOC. What's up, Doc? How you doing? buddy? Hey,
0: how you doing, James? It's good to see you again.
1: Good to see you, too. I was so excited for you. Um, you know, like, you, you have one of those uh, personalities in hip-hop that, first of all, your biography is obviously, for, for obvious reasons, very different from most of the rappers that uh, are legends and, and pioneers. But I was so proud of you and so happy to see this picture um, and, and, to, and to see the subsequent performances that I saw on YouTube. Can you give me an idea of how you felt finally getting back on stage uh, for your first proper performance. And I'm using the word proper because I think it was, was it 10 years ago or so you were, you you did a performance, but I I think I saw in a subsequent interview that that's not, you didn't really count that. It was more like you got on stage for a second or something like that.
0: Yeah, well, this is the first time in, in quite a while I've been on stage with a song that featured this voice in a way that people were accepting of it, you know, they that they really liked it and couldn't wait to hear the song and was rapping the words back to me and yeah. you know, it was it was uh it was pretty cool. Now it wasn't the tr traditional hip hop uh, set uh, and it wasn't a traditional hip hop audience. It was a bunch of punk rock um, guys and girls and kids and people. I mean, there was a sea of them and they really enjoyed it and i really enjoyed it
1: yeah i saw the lineup it reminded me of the do you remember the judgment night soundtrack yeah yeah i do it kind of reminded me of that the judgment night soundtrack for those who don't know is when they took like uh hip-hop groups and artists and squished them together with like i don't know if it was punk rock at the time it's just like grunge and 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 punk and all these rock bands at the time. Yeah, and and I thought it was dope. I have a clip, and I don't. It's not an officially sanctioned clip. I just found it on YouTube. So I'm just gonna play that for a little bit, and then we'll come back for a second. <laughs> Bombs in there, buddy.
0: <laughs> they said they wanted some NWA stuff, bro. So yeah, that's what I so that's what I gave them. You know,
1: I was kind of curious. Um, I, I don't know why I thought about this, but I, just before we went on air, I was listening to um, some of your older stuff and then some of your newer stuff, and I started just thinking, uh, because it, it, live hip hop. A lot of people um get mad at me for saying this, but uh, to me, the, like live hip hop. It, 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 the, there's artists that do it really well But there's a lot of really good studio rappers That don't do it that well live You're not one of them But I was just kind of curious Because of what happened to your voice If you ever consider doing a spoken word album So people can hear And you focus You laser beam on the voice Rather than dress it up with the instrumental Does that make sense to you? You know
0: what? It, it just uh, I never thought about anything Other than doing what, what just what I do Yeah And, and so I, I never gave it a lot of thought at all um, just because I always wanted to just c- go back and be me, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, but, but things are happening, um, uh, and these days now that, that are making, making it feel like that I could do things again. And so I'm happy to be in this position.
1: That's awesome. I, I, I think, um, and you, you're all of your friends are still like hip hop moguls <laughs> and shit, right? Like you, you're, you, you've. Been away from the music, but you have always sort of been there, correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I got a documentary coming out this summer that is sort of the it is that story is the through line of every story you've ever heard um, about West Coast hip hop. And it is the crown jewel, if I do say so myself, of that whole. Um, um moment in time and I'm really proud to get it out there. All of those people that just those icons before they're all in it. Yeah. And you could tell that they just love this guy, you know. You've never seen them like this, you know man. So I'm really proud deep, of it.
1: Is this different from the documentary that you put out at the Tribeca Film Festival last year?
0: No, that that's the documentary.
1: I okay, mean, I have a clip. Can I play a clip? Sure. Okay, so this is, uh, this is Eminem talking about uh, Mind Blowing and the lyrics, so I'm going to play that for a second.
2: He was doing things that nobody else had done yet, like just lyrically, like Mind Blowing. On Mind Blowing, he was like, the doc is dope. I would have been out with rock, but I'll be broke by the punk. I'm opening up my trunk to reveal. Death, living it, up. my life is like a story. Yelling it, because nobody else is telling it. Checking it, always getting paid, because the rap is sort of a twist. Between what I mean, uh, between what you needed, what I mean, what I mean by twist? Nah, you got to better listen. Wait, I, I need him. <laughs> <Doc. clears throat> I got to ask him what he said on this part. On this one part, I never understood it. Like, I couldn't make out exactly what it was. The doc is dope. I would have been down with rock, but I'll be broke by the punk. I'm opening up my trunk to reveal that living it up my life is like a story yelling it because nobody else is telling it checking it always getting paid because the rapper sort of a twist between what you needed and what i mean what i mean by twist now nah, you gotta listen that, what the fuck? what was that right
0: there never a segment is negative because i'm employing what you've been missing
1: never, never a segment, segment is negative how the, the fuck did you say you. that shit god damn she <laughs> just came out yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, i mean like it, it's so it, there's a lot of layers to peel back on the, on a clip like that. One of them is that um, Eminem's obviously a fierce lyricist. And he goes and gets you because he's like, Eminem says to you, how the fuck did you say that? I mean, how many times have you said to Eminem, how the fuck did you say that? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, was, bro, it was a moment in time. I, I tell people that uh, documentaries are really usually a take on history. This documentary is history itself. Just the fact that it's it's made and these people that are involved and the way and the things that they're saying is is, is really a uh, you know it's a testament to, to how powerful hip hop is. And on its fiftieth birthday, you couldn't give it a better present.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I, I can't wait to see that documentary. I've been I've been uh, since the first time I interviewed you, uh, I I've been seeing clips floating around online, and I'm just like. I have to find it. I keep on going to my uh, to to the sites that you're not supposed to go to to get m- movies that don't come out yet and it's still not there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll try to buy it. I'll try to buy it if I can. Yeah. You can't oh. like it. I'm not
0: giving it. I'm not going to give it away until no. this, time Because <laughs> it's very important like this if 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 I can be really serious for a moment. Please. My like hip hop has been through 50 years of hell just like me. You mm-hmm. know um uh, and well i've been through 30 every 33 years of hell yeah and 10 hop too you know and we're at a moment in time where i think that that uh she's trying to gather herself just like me for a push into the future that's really important for the music and so this documentary right now is so poignant and it means so much to so many people uh that wanted to see this guy win, but for me, it's so much bigger than just me, you know what I mean and so yeah. um, I'm really i feel I really feel blessed to be the guy in this seat, and I can't wait till it come out
1: well dude you you're you're a perfect conduit right uh, to tell that story of 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 a genre of music. Um, I'd like to know what you mean by struggling, uh, I, I, because when you said that, the, what I heard, how my brain processed it was that um, when hip hop was commercialized, a lot of us were were kind of being big babies about it. Like my like my buddy Nigel always tells me, my backpack is on a little too tight, so I get a little bit too, <laughs> you know, sensitive about about uh, the way that hip hop sometimes feels like it gets bastardized. Like anytime I see really bad rapping in like a McCain's Frozen French fry commercial, I cringe a little, I cringe a little bit, right? <laughs> but, um, but what's interesting is that the, the people that hold up the culture are often not the people that you see on TV, right? And I'm yeah. wondering, what do you mean when you say that hip-hop is struggling? Well, uh,
0: the hip-hop that, that I was introduced to as a child had a space and time where it was the music was for the people, it was meant for everybody, it was meant to benefit everybody. Everybody had an equal shot to get in and do something special with it. Um, for a long time, it's been stuck in this particular space where not everybody gets a chance to have equal footing to do the best that they could do with the music. That's for everybody. Uh, That's not by happenstance, you know. Uh, This business of ours is set so that it follows a certain pattern. And so I believe that hip-hop is stronger than any pattern. And I believe that it is beginning to stand up through not only this documentary, um, but through all of the the guys that are a part of my my time are standing up and doing stuff um, to try to bring us all together as a community and restore some of the the, the, the love and luster to this music that, that we might not have today. And so when I say it's struggling, I mean it just doesn't have the, the light in it that it once once had, and we're fighting to try to put that light back into it.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time. but Think of how different the scene has changed since you were part of the Feel Fresh crew. With DJ rock and fresh K and things like that. Like, what can you give me, actually take me back there for a second, because in a lot of ways, I think that's kind of the rawness and the authenticity that you're talking about. Like you guys were doing your thing at a time when this genre was so young that, you know, like, you know, it felt, and, and look at even a guy like me, who's from Canada, who lived in like the suburbs of Toronto, I fell in love with this culture and embraced it, um, you know, and and respected it because it was like I had I, I thought that um and my friends thought this as well, that we were doing something that no other white kids were doing because they were all into grunge and rock and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of like we didn't possess it like it was ours. We knew where it came from and we knew it wasn't ours, but we wanted to be a part of it. We wanted to nibble the edges and show like the kind of respect uh, to this culture because. Rock was never a culture for us, right? Grunge was never a culture for us, but hip hop was so different. I was saying to um, uh, Maja One, who's a female rapper, and she's, uh, she's from Singapore and Canada, that you, know, you could go anywhere in the world. And if I go somewhere and I see someone like, that's Guru right there. That's an event that I threw after he passed away. If I went somewhere and saw somebody with his face or your face or someone like that on a shirt, language barriers are gone. You know, like we have something to talk about now. Right. You know, and, and do you feel the same way about that?
0: Absolutely. I mean, hip hop is the music is for everybody, bro. It was made for everybody. It, it may have come through uh, those guys on Cedric in, in uh, New York city, but uh, it was made for everybody. Um, I think the line is brothers think I'm dope. And the others think I'm bitching. I that, that that's, that's, that means it's, from my perspective, it was meant for everybody to listen to it and enjoy it.
1: You know, um, it, it, just back to the struggle again because I'm I'm curious about this. Is it the the did the commercialization of hip hop um in a lot of ways water down the artistry of lyrics?
0: Sure, I'm, I'm sure it did. You know, when 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 it calls for you know, uh themes and and structure that's that that are less intricate and, and that play more to the base of, you know, party and bullshit than yeah, you know. But not everybody, you know, wanna go to a party all the goddamn time. Not everybody wants to be all the goddamn time. Some some of us are thinking people and you know, we want to we want to move this culture forward, but I think that we're at a time, a space in time where everything and everybody is starting to think more inclusively about how we go forward, um, and we want our stuff to be, uh, you know, better suited for for the community uh, to grow from. You know, yeah. and I think everybody's moving towards that space now because things have gotten so polarized in this country. Uh, it, the the people that might, that might like East Coast, and West Coast, you might get back into a scuffle behind hip hop if we keep going the same way we're going now.
1: No, I agree with that. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question and, and it's not like DJ Vlad type question. So I don't want you to think I'm trying to create controversy here, but I just saw a documentary as I was preparing for this interview. And it was the Suge Knight documentary. And I think he might have been the producer. Um, It it was the one where I think it was uh, interviews from way back in 2012 and 2013. I walked away from that film thinking a couple things. I didn't know the man. I I don't have any real opinion on his character or anything. I I think that he's probably made up of good things and bad things. But I just want to focus on the good things just for a moment. just Just so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a lot of things that that man did that... Maybe were awful, but he also did a lot of things for artists at the time that no, especially a black entrepreneur was not doing at the time. Does he deserve credit for any of that kind of kind of stuff?
0: Well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna tell you something, James. I'm I'm a I'm sort of a spiritual guy, and so whether it's good or it's bad, for me it's always a God thing, mm. not necessarily a Doc thing, right? Or or a Suge Knight thing, or Dr. Dre, or you know, uh, Aftermath or any of these people, these are paths that we all have to walk. There are, there are roles that we all have to play in this great movie, mm. you know. So uh, looking at it from uh, uh, from that point of view, there are absolutely things that Suge did that were great for people, uh, and he should be applauded for it, you know. He didn't come into this, to this space as a uh, dastardly villain. You know he was my friend, he was a good guy. We hung out and had a lot of fun together and show business is a you know it, it's a it's a cold blooded animal and so it could it could it could do things to the best of us, you know, because it did things to me and I've seen it do things to a lot of people you know what i mean and so uh but but to answer your question, yeah, sure did a lot of good stuff. And she did a lot of stuff that wasn't so good, you know. But he played his role, and he played it well. Do
1: you are, Do you keep in contact with him? Because you seem um, like you would make a a good spiritual advisor for him almost. Ah, no,
0: I don't. Sure, <laughs> and I don't, don't necessarily get to, you know, chop it up too much. Yeah, uh, I said something to him uh, after he went to that place. I said, you know. My, uh my, my condolences for a situation and loved <laughs> him and his family uh but after that i haven't talked to him no
1: um what do you think the 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 future holds for you so this documentary is going to come out when is it coming out by the way
0: um in a perfect world it'll be out this summer uh, somewhere close to your pops' birthday
1: oh that would be dope yeah august, what's, <laughs> what's that august 13th august
0: I 1st i think it's the first of august
1: okay yeah, that would be amazing. Um, now, I'm assuming the reason why it's not out yet is because there's so many people in it that have so many lawyers? <laughs> is that well, true?
0: man, it ain't. everybody that's, that wants this this album, this movie to come out is on board and pushing forward 1,000%. But there is a lot of business involved and you got to you gotta make sure all your, dot, your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted.
1: Yeah. Can you give me an idea of how the documentary flows? Like like where does it start? Where does it end? Like without I'm putting away give you the, you the, know, the music? I'm not giving you nothing,
0: you know. <laughs> but but I will say this. Okay. If I told you that this documentary is possibly the best music documentary you've ever seen, I may not be overstating. You know?
1: That that would that would be dope. Um the, the best documentary series I have ever seen is hip hop evolution. Um, the one that was on HBO, I, and Shad, who's actually Canadian, uh, was the host. Do you remember that one? I do remember that. Did he interview you for that one?
0: I, 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 it feels like I, I did, I did an interview for that one. I can't remember it, but I, but when you said his name, I know his name. Yeah, yeah. You know, it feels like I've done. And why would you do Why would you do a documentary and not talk
1: to me? Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that does Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Doesn't <laughs> that make sense. Um, the it's so interesting because now your role in hip-hop seems to be kind of the you're almost like the documentarian you're you're almost like the the who's going to be who's going to be taking the minutes for the culture and and i feel like like you're a perfect person to do that um because i mean you lived with dr dre for like 20 years or something didn't you
0: yeah yeah uh Dre and i shared space a long time because he was you know for all intents and purposes, he was carrying me through that that period you know when I couldn't carry myself um, but so there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories, there's a lot of camaraderie, there's a lot of really monumental moments, and they're all shared in that documentary it's it's the through line to every other story that you've seen it kind of you kind of put all the pieces together through watching this documentary.
1: Do you, what are your, some of your favorite um, hip-hop culture movies? I've been doing a, a – because now once every couple of weeks, I review old hip-hop films. So I've done Juice. Uh, I've done Do the Right Thing, which, by the way, Do the Right Thing um, changed my entire life. Like yeah. That movie is is one of the greatest movies ever. So I'm a white kid in Canada. I'm 13, I think, when it comes out. And I had to wait till it came out on VHS or whatever. And then I got it, and I put it in. And so you have to understand, I, I don't know anything about politics at this point in my life. I don't know anything about racial strife or politics at this time. Cause I'm sheltered and our history books don't include what they're supposed to include sure. up in Canada. Sure. And so I watched this movie and I see Mookie throw the garbage can through the window and I literally paused it. And I was like, I, I couldn't understand why he did it. I was just like, what? and so I rewound it and watching around. So do the right thing was my introduction, not just to like, racial strife in america but to politics itself so that was my sort of education i was just do you have movies that you go back to or that you think of that you think of in that sort of way like this is an important film
0: well well, for me at, at least uh where, where hip-hop is concerned it was crush groove
3: hmm.
0: like when i saw that movie in texas as a i don't know 14 15 16 year old kid Um, It made me really angry, you know, because I could do that and I'm not doing that. And why aren't they doing that? You know, and uh, uh, at the time, Run from Run DMC was God, you know, to me and El Cool James, Look, looked to be there, apparent to that seat. Yep. you know. And this is before I even met Dre. I used to be so angry with Cool J because I thought he was in my chair.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, bro. And did you looked, like him though? Did you like, did you like his, his rhymes and everything? Of course. Who so he made you angry because you were like, I can do that. Right. I want to be
0: him. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, he was the first guy that made me feel that. And, and then there were a couple other guys uh, that added to my, you know, my psyche where hip hop was was concerned. And then I heard this dude named Rakim. Mm. And, and that cemented in me that this is, I want to be great at this. You know, this is what I want to do. And really, when you look at this, Documentary, all that's in there, bro. I mean, it's really a love letter. Yeah. To the past thirty-five years of hip hop in a way that nobody else is gonna be able to give it to you. It's a one of one, and I'm super fucking proud of it.
1: What is it called? The Doc? Is it just called Yeah. Um you mentioned Rakim, and I just have to mention this. When I was in grade eight, there was a kid named Trevor, and he brought in um a tape and he told everyone it was him rapping. And he played microphone fiend. And I was so angry. <laughs> and I walked into the car con- and I'm sitting there going like this. And-, and he's just like, what do you think, man? And I'm <kook ăn> like, and then I started rapping along with it. My pon- merger just stuck in. The mic is a drain. No volcanoes erupted. And he and their the friends are like, how do you know his lyrics? And I'm like, I stopped the tape and I'm like, listen, everybody, I got I got bad news. <laughs> Trevor thinks he's Rakim. <laughs> this is a famous rapper. Please. <scalar> please never do this again i was like personally offended <laughs> like, i love that that's yeah. a great story bro these and- are these are the things that and it's funny because then you get all i was um white guys like me that that like were, uh so this is like the late 80s like my first hip-hop song was Lottie dotty and when slick rick was still known as mc ricky d that was the first song i ever heard it was like 1986 or something like that and as soon as I heard that, I was all in. I, I yeah. was just like, I yeah. bought I bought the Cool J Radio and Bigger and Deffer. I bought Run DMC. I bought Big Daddy Kane and Rakim. And I bought PE and BDP. And I was just like, I was hoarding it all. And- Say that's hip hop.
0: That is yeah. the hip hop that we, that we're missing, right? You just went through about seven, eight, nine groups. And all of them were so special mm. in their own ways. They all had their their own identities, they their own personas. Everybody was so different from everybody else that when they all showed up together, it was just heaven. And you came in the door on Lottie Dottie like that. That's like going from smoking weed straight to freaking uh, ayahuasca. You know, you just
1: came right in on the money you know I mean? yeah well beatboxing like i haven't heard uh like i mean other than what razelle and the fat boys i I don't re- even recall i can't even recall someone off the top of my head that beatboxed. you know like, yeah <laughs> after that um but it was but it, and, and yeah it was just it's just such a standalone thing like like when when karis one came to hamilton uh in in ontario in canada uh it was like Five or 2006 he played at a place called pepper jacks a small club it was when he was doing that thing where he had like uh what the, the, the not the hip-hop museum but like he had that banner behind him and it was like the hip-hop like temple i think it was the temple of hip-hop i think it was called. okay and he and he did all of his uh, stuff it was like a two and a half hour show but i left 20 minutes early and i went back and i started looking for the suv that had an american plate <laughs> right And i stood beside it and he came out and, and, uh, I was, I wasn't leaning against the car, but one of his buddies or his entourage or whatever thought I was. And, uh, and he's like, Hey buddy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not touching the car. <laughs> right. And he's, and I'm like, I just wanted to see if I could talk to KRS one for a second. He's like, well, look, we just did a show. And then he comes up and he's just like, what's up, man. And I was like, not much. And I was like, look, I know this is, you know, listen, I just want to spit 16 bars so I can tell my friends that I spit 16 bars. <laughs> in Dude, we've ciphered for like 15 minutes. That's dope. And, and the reason why I even bring that up is not to sound like braggadocious or anything like I had the experience. I have a funny feeling that if someone ran into the lead singer of the Sex Pistols, that they're not going to jam on the street for 10 minutes. Yeah, wow. Well, and and so the culture lends itself for a an accessibility and, and, a, and a way to relate to each other that is almost a completely different language. I
0: agree. I agree. At least that's the way it was. Yeah. It, it is morphed into something.
1: What is it now? Cuz I live in a forest with my kids now. So I have no idea what's going on out there in the world, right? Like like but what 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 is missing now? Are we are kids ciphering on corners anymore? Are we doing the stuff that like made the culture stronger or what, what do you
0: think is missing? You miss, it's missing the love, bro. It's it's missing the love. You know, it's missing the love of the music. It's it's missing the love of of people to people to people, you know, it's missing, uh, you know, the four corners are, are I believe, uh, uh, peace, unity, having fun, um, or something about those, those things are the cornerstones of what this stuff is made out of. And it doesn't have any of that in it today. No, it's just money and, and money, you know? And so, um, until we get back to really trying to make this be about more than just uh, a couple people uh, being successful and more more about our, our communities and, and our people being successful, then, you know, it's going to suffer. But like I said, I think it's it's in a space where it's beginning to recognize that and self-correct. That's what I think.
1: I wonder if the difference is the idea, and I'm obviously not including people like me in this, but the um, the idea that really good hip-hop came out of poverty-stricken neighborhoods and that the, the, that there was more hunger back then. And maybe the artists now, I'm just totally theorizing, this could totally be wrong. And maybe the artists now that come out don't come out of those circumstances as much anymore so it doesn't have that thrust behind it.
0: That sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, <laughs> um, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. cause, I, cause still cause those neighborhoods still exist. Right. Those guys are still doing what they're doing to get out of them, for lack of a better way of putting it. But the but we've glorified so much of the negative aspects of this game yeah, uh, that you don't get to get out. You you, it's like you're getting, you're doing all of this these terrible things to be able to get in and stay in like it's the weirdest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. You know, you're doing all of this weird stuff so you can go to the, to the penitentiary. Like what the fuck sense does that make? Mm -hmm. That you're going to do all of this weird stuff to prove that you're someone that can go to a God awful place and make it, you know, when you could do what you love to do and, Teach your children how to make a living at it, and provide for them, and and and, and make it so it lasts for everybody. It just it's at a space where it really where it really doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's gonna take the, the old the OGs, if you will, to really get back in here and figure out a way to to make these young guys understand what this stuff is really about.
1: Anything that brings back the OGs is gonna be something that. Um... I would support fully. And I think people, I don't know how old you are. I'm 46, but people within our age bracket, I think, um, for a while now have been, why aren't these new cats paying respect to, to the people that, that made the path for them. And then you start to sound, or that message starts to sound a little bit, almost annoying and preachy sometimes, but it it comes from a real place of frustration, doesn't it?
0: Well, if I'm being honest, I can really give a damn about them. Uh, paying me homage or whatever that means for for lack of a music I've made. I'm trying to better the lives of us as a people in general and these babies that are walking around in these streets that can't go outside and play anymore. I'm trying to talk to those guys on that level, like whatever it takes for them to win. I'm with it. I, I, I don't have any preaching in me. If you, if you make a, a thousand raps about something that I think is, is whack as fuck, then it's whack as fuck to me. But if you're making money at it, God bless it. Let's go get it. But as far as these babies are oh, okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. as, as far as these neighborhoods are concerned and these communities are concerned and these babies that are
3: coming up after you are concerned, let's come together and figure out a better way that
0: we can make what we're all doing work for everybody, especially for their
1: sake. That you sounds know? like a message that I've heard. Uh, cats like Killer Mike set talk about. Hey, Killer Mike is one of the. Uh, he's. He, I, I mean, he's he's not certainly a young cat anymore, but he's. Um, you know, he's sort of in that middle ground where he's not like an OG, but he's not like too new. But his his outlook on on life and how um, and and how. Uh, he wants to develop an entire like black marketplace so that uh, you guys, you know, can uplift each other and, and, and on the backbone of the music and entrepreneurship, he just seems to have a really good political message to go along with his artistry. You know, that's it.
0: I mean, you're right. You're right in the right space because if you support yourself, you don't need anybody else's support because you got everything that you need. All you're missing is the unity and understanding of the power that you really have. You've separated yourself the haves and the have-nots when your battle is about the same. Um, uh, I tell people all the time, the guys in the suits uh, that walk through those halls aren't the guys with the fortitude to necessarily do what needs to be done in order to move this agenda forward. It's the guys in the streets. It's the guys with the power and nobody's talking to them. Mm-hmm. So if there's one thing that I, that I can do, I think that's that's purposefully meant for me to do is reach out to those dudes, man, and, and make them understand coming from where I'm coming from, especially with this documentary, what this shit is all about, you know, and give it to them in a way that they can really digest.
1: I'm just looking for um, uh, an image now of the. Okay, so <clears throat> so this is the. I'm just gonna save this and put it in uh, put it in my folder here but this is the uh this is from tribeca um and i guess this was the premiere <clears throat> of the of the documentary last year that's a big space between premiere and when it's actually coming out but this is what the premiere was this is from the tribeca film festival <clears throat> and oh this one had performances by dj quick exhibit daz corrupt oh wow that's that's a dope lineup
0: yeah it was a night it was a night it was a great night it was the grand opening, if you will, of me giving energy to myself and trying to get back out there into uh, the space as an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's been a hell of a journey, bro, and it has not been easy, Uh, but I'm really proud of this dude that I've turned into and that now I understand who I am and what I am, whose I am and, and what it is I'm doing. You
1: know, ah. <laughs> i just put a picture up of the doc uh doing his uh prince impersonation by watching a white dove fly away out of his hand did that even come out of your hands or did they put that in later no that was in my
0: hands the thing flew away right
1: what is that from
0: uh there's a, a, a magazine and a mag- magazine in dallas called d magazine hmm. and they've been really uh Helpful in getting these messages out um, because it's it's my city I'm trying to change first you know yeah. um, these things I'm trying to implement. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get a school built in the southern sector of my city, South Dallas, and it's because that that, that these kids that come from where I come from, and we spoke about that earlier. how well, it seems that that they aren't coming from that place anymore. That's bullshit. They are coming from that place and they don't have, same as me, they don't have the wherewithal to learn the things that I didn't know or to go in and and be exposed to the things that I wasn't exposed to until I went to LA or somebody like Erica until she went to the East Coast. There isn't a decent AB room in Dallas where they're all over the place in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And so these babies deserve that too. And so I'm trying to do my LeBron James thing mm. here in my city first by offering these kids through a curriculum based around arts, uh, entertainment, arts, and technology. That's what I'm trying to teach them how to eat. Oh, thank nice. you very much. And <laughs> building them um, um, the the me. That I would have liked to have been at 16 as opposed to waiting to 54 to be this this me. I believe that, that that's the purpose for the journey that I've taken. That it's Dallas's turn to be a guiding light in this hip-hop movement going forward. And my job is to galvanize that, that movement and push it forward. And so I'm doing that under a banner called The Funeral Is Canceled. I can't keep giving you all of this stuff, bro. <laughs>
1: Why not? Just keep bringing it. <laughs>
0: I can't. keep, But uh, but that's what's coming as a, after this documentary release, release. The funeral is coming after that. And it's a huge deal. And it's me going back into these communities with my blood, sweat, and my tears. And doing my best. God willing to lift us out of this whole uh, people to people. Like, yeah. that's what... The, you know, most of these young guys look at me as the people champ, people's champ, and that's what that's all about for me. And so if you are a DOC advocate, uh, friend, fan, whatever you want to call it, and you feel like I feel about this music and want to see things go forward in a progressive way, reach out to me on the documentary 23 at gmail.com. Okay. that is the documentary 23 at gmail.com talk to me reach out to me ask me whatever you need to about this documentary that's coming about the school that's coming or anything that you want to do or think that i could do to benefit this game and these babies let's get these conversations going and let's get out of here and make it happen
1: okay the documentary 23 at gmail.com i just put it as your nameplate there um just so people can see it and um I would, I would love to cover it. I would come down to Texas to to cover whatever it is. That, I don't know the ribbon cutting, whatever the fuck, whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? I would come down to cover it because I am one of those, uh, I'm a DOC fan. You know what I liked about this interview? Cause we're going to wrap now, but, um, I, all of it. But what I really liked about it is that when I did my bullshit theory about poverty, not being a mainstay in hip hop anymore. And you were like, that's bullshit. I was <laughs> like, I love that. And the second thing that I don't mind, um, saying out loud is that, uh, if I'm going to get educated about something that has to do with hip-hop and it's coming from the DOC, I'll take it. Hey. Hey,
0: I'm sorry, James. I, I was going to say I paid, a, I paid a hell of a cost mm-hmm. for, this, for this shit, right? Yeah. And I don't have it. There's, he didn't give it to me for nothing. That's right. and, and I went through a whole lot of bullshit to regain... My cognitive understanding, my power of who I am in my heart, and my muscle of who I am in this game. And so now that I'm here, then it's time for me to do what
1: I do. Well, listen, there's, it's never too late to to find the path that you're supposed to walk on and grab that smooth handle and climb up. And um, I respect you so much. And I, uh, I I love talking to people that I used to listen to as a rebellious kid. Um, thinking that I was the only one that knew the secret of hip-hop existing and you were one of the voices that was blasting through my speakers and um, I love you man I'm very proud of you I'm proud of you for the film and for what you've done um, for this culture and I really appreciate your time today on Blackball thank you so much for joining us hey <laughs> have a good one brother thank you have a good night That's <sighs> the DOC I uh, I'm going to be trying to interview as many rappers as I can um, this year because it is hip hop's fiftieth. That uh, that kind of interview speaks to me, and um, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. We I have an announcement to make, and I I'm doing this a week beforehand because I don't uh, because I just want to see how much hate mail that I can get, and if I can then wallpaper my bathroom uh, with the hate mail. Um. Christine Anderson is going to be back on the show on the 9th of May. Why am I having her on the show? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that I wasn't able to talk to her when she came to Canada and was basically treated like a rock star by the convoy crew. But there was a couple of unanswered questions in that whole ordeal. And one of them was what were her communications like with Pierre Poiliev before she came and while she was here? Because if you noticed, um, while she was still uh, sort of touring around Alberta and Ontario, I don't even know if she went to Ontario, but she went to Alberta for sure. The, and, and, and the, uh, you know, she got, uh, uh, you know, a good uh, crowd wherever she went. She was moved to tears because they were so nice to her and everything like that. But then while she was here, just before she left, Pierre Poiliev um, threw her under the bus basically and said that, uh, you know, that the MPs that were photographed with her shouldn't have done that, yada, yada. And then she, I think, made a detour to go see Max Bernier after that happened. But no one has ever asked her because we have a useless media and the media in this country was like, um, they weighed a decision and the decision was this, well, if we if we seek her out and ask her questions, then people are going to get mad at us for promoting a Nazi, well how do you answer the questions about whether or not she spoke to Pierre Poliev and then they just don't because they're afraid of the blowback uh from their listeners i'm not because i think it's an important question to ask uh to see how honest pierre poliev was with us regarding that situation so um please send me all the hate mail you want um try to make it in cool colors so that i can decorate my bathroom properly um but uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I I, th- I think it, there is uh, a public interest to to speaking with her and seeing what exactly our leader of the opposition was thinking and doing and saying and if it contradicted any of her experiences with him. So I will have her on the show uh, on the May ninth, and it will be at noon, I believe. I I, I will I will definitely post something that will uh, that will confirm the time, obviously between now and then. Once again, my big thanks to the DOC uh, for, we were going to do the interview, and <laughs> as, I, as I've said many times before, I love rappers, but they don't listen. Um, and so the idea that, uh, I'm going to take this call because it says unknown. Hello? Hello. Hi, can I speak to James, please? Who's calling, please? It's Possible Segal from Killer James, we spoke the other day. Okay, I'm on air on a podcast right now, and I just took a shot here. Can you call me back in 10 minutes? Uh, 10 minutes, yeah, I'll call you back in 10. Okay, thank you. Yep. That was the police following up on my uh, health crisis from a few weeks ago. Never a dull moment. We'll see you next time on Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Black,
0: black, 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 black,
3: or sexy. Catch us, Catch us on, on the, the Dean Blundell, Blundell Network. Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast NBC Sports.